Welcome to Acona Beyond the Articles, the podcast of Acona Online, the student-run newspaper for the Academy of the Holy Names in Tampa, Florida. Each episode is hosted by our staff members in which they give their opinions on a variety of current topics. We publish one episode per week. Hi, I'm Chloe, Editor-in-Chief. Hi, I'm Raquel Elson, um, Managing Editor. And this is our first episode of Banter by the Bay. Um, We've been wanting to have a pop culture podcast. Oh, also credits go to Isabel, the other managing editor for coming up with this title. But we've been wanting to have a pop culture podcast for a while now. And now Raquel and I are going to talk about some great shows on HBO Max. Yay! (laughs) So... Um, we will be starting off with Mindy Kaling's newest project, Sex Life with College Girls. Um, a little brief overview. It's essentially this show uh, centered around this college in Essex. And it's these four girls who are roommates. And it's just their little ventures through college and their little coming-of-age story. But it's set in college, unlike how every other coming-of-age thing is set in high school. So that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. It's a comedy. And, yeah. It's also, like kind of a drama yeah it's a little bit of a dramedy mm-hmm. i'd say <laughs> <laughs> but i guess like what really what we really wanted to talk about was just like how it's kind of different which i know raquel would mention that it's set in college which is like its biggest kind of difference but how it um differs from other coming of age stories why we like it so much and i guess like why we think it's effective with i guess what it does which is i i think I really think it's kind of to normalize sex. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know, just also normalize women. Like, I feel like take away the sexualization that we often have of women. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's like, I think the show is really effective on that front. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, okay, so on the topic of like a coming of age, I think in this show they essentially had all four girls, the four uh, main girls are Layton. Whitney, um, Kimberly, and who am I missing? Bella. Mm-hmm. Bella. And so essentially they all come into college like hoping to like step into this like new persona as most people do. And like mm-hmm. Layton is essentially just trying to like follow this like idealized like legacy she has in her mind. Um, Whitney is really just trying to become like really big on their school soccer team. Kimberly is kind of just trying to experience a lot of new things, especially since she's in like this environment that she's not used to. Mm-hmm. And Bella is really trying to just be able to step into herself because especially with Bella, her whole thing is that she is supposed to be like in STEM, but in reality she wants to pursue comedy. So essentially all of these girls are pers- pursuing like new versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And throughout the show, they're just going through a lot of different trials and tribulations. So, Bella, for instance, who, I don't know if she's my favorite character, but she's a character who I feel like she has the most, like, sustenance, substance, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, substance, yeah. And um, her whole thing is essentially she wants to join this, like, comedy group that they have on campus. And that is essentially her coming of age, but also, of course, she wants to experience typical college mm-hmm. things. And I think it's really, I think it, setting the show in college is a lot better for the coming of age experience because it... I don't know, I feel like it's better that one, these girls are technically no longer minors, so it's Mm -hmm. nice to not have to look at minors in these weird situations, and also it takes the pressure off of high school, because Mm -hmm. I think the reason that we all have such high expectations and such random expectations for high school is just because of the way that it's portrayed in TV and movies, and I think by setting it in college, it's a lot more realistic, honestly, because... Mm -hmm. 
unlike how a lot of other shows portray um, high school, like typically these things happen in college and it just makes a lot more sense for it to be set in college. Yeah, no, I, I definitely 100% agree with that. I think because we were just talking about Bella, another thing to mention about her is that she's kind of like the mini, Mindy Kaling yes. of the show. Yes, like she's exactly. an Indian um, girl who really wants to pursue comedy, but she yeah. has like these expectations from her family and I guess like from society as well to right. be in STEM, as Raquel mentioned. So I guess that's just really what I wanted to add yeah. about. Like it's more of like... I guess like her finding herself, like mm -hmm. as you mentioned, yeah. like where, and I think that all the girls kind of do that to an extent. I think what I also really like is that they all kind of do things they don't necessarily agree with, which right. I think kind yeah. of shows that yeah. like they're just not perfect, Right. Yeah. which I think is really good to have in a TV show because yeah. I feel like sometimes we either completely demonize women in their actions or we make it seem like or not even just women but like characters at that right. or we make like these main characters seem like what they're doing is okay when it's not like mm -hmm. they're cognizant of their consequences and I think that that's just really important to have yeah like uh I think what makes a good tv character or just a character in general is a character who you understand it's supposed to be like a real person and real people their actions are not always good or always bad there is a lot of gray area there and i think mm -hmm. being able to watch your favorite character do something you're like i really don't agree with you and like maybe i understand you maybe i don't understand why you did that but being able to say like i don't agree with what you just did but i still like you as a character is a really good on like mindy Kaling's part mm -hmm. on the fact that she was able to create characters where you don't always agree with what they do but you can they don't do anything that's too far off that you can't like them anymore um yeah. yeah i think um another thing that i really like about the characters is that they're super dynamic in my opinion i also think that they're very very unique and one of the characters that we've mentioned was leighton and leighton is um she's like a privileged white girl mm -hmm. but she's yeah. also like her kind of like big secret is that she's a lesbian and like she's spent the beginning of college um like in the closet and I right. feel like they do a really good job I mean I don't know because I'm obviously not lesbian like I'm straight so I don't really understand that whole dynamic but I thought they did a really good job with emphasizing just how hard it is to put yourself out there and to be authentically yourself I just think that they did a really good job carrying Leighton's storyline right. throughout the show and right. being sensitive to what she's going through but also being able to I guess I like, get the plot moving mm, if that makes yeah. sense so I feel like that was really well done I mean again I don't really understand the exact dynamic but from my perspective it came across well yeah, yeah I think I, I think I really liked what they did with Leighton's character because a lot of times when uh, shows have coming coming out like plot lines mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just like boring it drags on 97% of the time it's the exact same plot line like word for one word and it gets really boring to watch mm -hmm. but I think what they did with Leighton is they kind of like they bring up the fact that she's a lesbian in the first couple of episodes and it's not really a big plot but also at some point in the beginning of the season she is um, assigned community service um, at the women's center where she is around like a lot of people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community but also just like a lot of like women who I don't even know like they're feminists obviously so mm -hmm. like 
she gets to learn more about herself which is like she just gets to introduce herself to a lot of different people so i think it's really interesting they, they took her from like that place of privilege to becoming like not even becoming more comfortable within herself but like with other people like the people around her and the idea that they didn't also they didn't have her come out to like literally every single character in the show by the time the season was over which i really liked because i think making that like stark contrast would have been like a little unrealistic just to make her go from being completely in the closet to being completely out and i think being able to watch her like struggle for longer than like 10 episodes is good because as much as it might be like hard to watch those types of plot lines i think this is one of the most realistic ones that i've seen mm -hmm. honestly no, I definitely agree with that. And I think another aspect about Layton's character, not just like her own coming of age, but her going to the women's center, and I think like her whole experience with college is super apropos for a majority of the Academy community. I mean, a lot of us are white privileged kids and we don't really see anything else in high school. So I think it's really important to also kind of see Layton go through this. And it's never negative. Like it's a very positive right, experience yeah. for her. And I think that we also need to emphasize that it will be positive that mm. like seeing the world in a new way is never going, I mean, yeah. it might be negative, but like in some aspects, but right. like I think in being a more inclusive person, I, I don't think anything but positivity, right. <laughs> positive, <laughs> nothing but a positive outcome can come from that. So I feel like that's also really important. I think that's also what I like about the show because our front women are all so different. They are, they are. I, I We haven't actually talked about this yet, but like we said, um, Layton is like rich and privileged and she's actually like a um, legacy at the school. Mm -hmm. And then Whitney is the daughter of a senator, mm -hmm. which is like, obviously she's high up. I mean, she is black, but she's also like the daughter of a senator and mm -hmm. she's like, um, she was recruited to go there for soccer like she is wealthy and also privileged in her mm -hmm. own way too and then Bella they haven't really got into but based on just like the way that other characters react around her you can kind of grasp that she's probably mm -hmm. like well off in some way shape or mm -hmm. form whereas Kimberly on the other hand she is like um not I don't exactly remember all the details of where she came from mm -hmm. but I do know that there are a lot of different plot lines where it's like they go to a nice restaurant and like she's stressed out about how she's gonna pay for dinner or like her scholarship that she has that's the only way she can attend the school or like afford to attend the school it's like i think having that little like juxtaposition i guess mm -hmm. is really good in the show because it's both giving all of their characters different privileges but also their like different struggles as well mm -hmm. i think going back to what raquel was saying about kimberly i think that she's also She's not the most interesting character. <laughs> um, we can probably collectively agree yeah. that she's not our favorite. Yeah. I mean, I, I still like her. She's just not my favorite. But, like, for her whole character development, she comes to us <laughs> via the screen, very straight-laced, very wool follower yeah. I don't know if I made that an adjective. <laughs> but anyway, that's, like, the kind of person she is. And what ends up happening, sorry, spoilers ahead, um at the end of the season is she ends up cheating on an exam and what kind of happens is she gets her scholarship revoked well right. partially actually no fully revoked, yeah fully think, revoked yeah. and i feel like it's that is very difficult to watch and even her cheating is also difficult to watch because yeah. no one wants to watch someone do that like that's very 
that's just not okay. So I feel like they also were able to, even though again, it's a dramedy as we said, I feel like they kind of handled that situation well because they made her like suffer the consequences. Yeah. Cause you can't, you can't just get away with that. Like, this exactly, is, yeah. this is college. Um, so yeah. I think it would have been a little strange, honestly, if she would have gotten away with it because mm -hmm. the way that she ends up cheating is that she, uh, well, I don't know if she still has the UTI, but like <laughs> she pretends like she has to go to the bathroom like every 10 minutes so she can mm -hmm. look at the like cheat sheet she essentially is like hiding in the bathroom and at some point she like is like rumbling around the bathroom looking for this cheat sheet and then as she goes to exit the bathroom it's her teacher and someone else standing there with her cheat sheet in hand and it's like I mean there is absolutely no way she could have gotten out of that one and she even tries because the way that she gets the cheat sheet is she steals it from she yeah steals it from one of the fraternities mm -hmm. and she was planning on she turns the fraternity in for having this whole like cheating ring as they call mm -hmm. it um, into the administrative board that like reviews her case essentially and it's almost like they they show that to us as like the audience as like this is her way this is, like her get out of jail free card essentially that mm -hmm. she's going to turn in this fraternity and that is going to clean her slate clear her slate she's going to be fine but then it's not it's like they don't kick her out which is honestly a blessing but mm -hmm. they also revoke her scholarship so it's like I think, yeah, I think that's good as well because um, I knew that my dad was kind of, <laughs> I watched it with my entire family, but um, he was like, yeah, like why, I guess he was kind of thinking like, why would she do that? Because even though it was technically the right thing to do, she's not doing it for the, right the no, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. the noblest of reasons. Like it's mostly to get herself out of this bad situation. So yeah. I think that again, like that's good because even if she does turn in these tests, it doesn't detract from what she already yeah, did. Her Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, who else goes through a couple of situations? I mean, we don't really have to get into every single character. Right. But um, on the topic of, uh, I don't know, the serious situa situations that they're handling, I think they handle them pretty well, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, um, Bella, they kind of put through the ringer, honestly. Right. Um, they have her do some interesting things in order to get into this very selective um, comedy group mm -hmm. on campus. And then... She has to face the repercussions of those actions, socially more than anything, but mm -hmm. um, later on she's like, essentially like... Almost assaulted. assaulted. Yeah, she's essentially yeah. assaulted by one of the editors for the group, mm -hmm. and she is then like approached by another um, girl on staff who, the other thing is just like this comedy group has like very few women, like maybe mm -hmm. five, and she's approached by another one of the girls on staff, another one of the new girls, like freshmen on staff, and she's just like, hey, um, the editor, like, what's his name, Ryan? Yeah. He assaulted me. And she, like, grapples with telling her that she was also assaulted by Ryan. Mm -hmm. And then when they essentially, like, see, like, what are they going to do with the case, he ends up getting, like, thrown off of staff. But then when she realized that realizes that like half of the staff doesn't even believe her she decides that like even though she's been fighting so hard the entire season for her spot on the staff she decides that if this is the way that they're going to handle these issues she's going to leave and i think that like one that entire plot line is so hard to watch because mm -hmm. it's just really sad to watch her just like be so optimistic about college in every single episode and just so optimistic about being on this comedy group and then it just like just like I don't even know knocks her down literally every single episode yeah and then to see her like 
not even really give up on this comedy group because she then is approached by like some of the women who were on staff and they're saying we want to start our own which is even better honestly mm -hmm. but it's like really hard to watch her go through this every single episode just for them to like fail her ultimately I, what I really like about it is I think that it puts um, kind of the whole idea in, of sexual harassment into more of like a dige digestible form because yeah. we, we see it mostly in like oh, in the newsroom, that, that's where I see it a lot, yeah. um, but also just in like these more kind of obscure positions mm -hmm. of power, but to right. see it happen like at a school right. with girls who are kind of close to our age, it makes us understand just a little bit more, I guess, those difficulties with being a woman and also like these even if Ryan's actions seemed somewhat harmless or like yeah. more of like just he was attracted to Bella and like and I'm not saying that they were but like it, or that's actually exactly what I'm trying to say like they're not harmless so that's like right, it, right, right. we now know that like if someone were to do that to us and that's not that's good like, yeah that's crossing a line it, exactly wrong. exactly yeah um mm -hmm. And I also think that the idea that the positions of power, like you were saying, they're also not such a drastic difference. Like, he's mm -hmm. a senior, she's a, a freshman, which is, right. like, a solid four years of age difference. But also, in, in, like, in reality, that's not that much. He doesn't mm -hmm. have that much leverage over her. Like, sure, he's the editor of this thing, but, like, if she were to, like, leave, um, what's it called, the Catullin, mm -hmm. um, if she were to leave the Catullin while he was still on staff, like, he would have essentially no power over her outside of that little house. Mm -hmm. So it's just, like, the idea that it's it's... It barely even feels like someone abusing their power. I mean, it obviously is, but it's just, like, to an extent, it's also just, like, him attacking his peer. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, so kind of, like, going off of that, because we've definitely spoken a lot about <clears throat> Sex Lives of College Girls. Go watch it. But, um, I think kind of going off into, because we, so we were also talking about beforehand the other HBO show that was released in the summer, Gossip Girl. Yes, the Gossip Girl reboot. But Gossip Girl, I think what's interesting is similarly deals with a lot of these different topics yeah. like coming out, sexual harassment, other things. Many other things. Many that other we do things. not have to get into today. And it's just not as tactful. It is not. And honestly, it was kind of jarring because I was really writing for the show for the <laughs> longest time too, but I just remember on like Thanksgiving Day mm. watching the episode where they decided that the main plot line for the part two of the first season of the Gospel Girl reboot was going to be like sexual assault allegations. It was a lot. And I just... I mean, not to fully compare it to the original, because honestly, nothing is ever going to top <laughs> or match the original, but it was just like, I don't know, I feel like there are certain, listen, okay, on the topic of sexual assault, there are like a lot of different things that happened in the original that we aren't going to get into, but I'm saying like, a for a long-standing plot line, I feel like Gossip Girl never really had anything this like, almost traumatizing, because in the mm -hmm. Gossip Girl rebo reboot, they have Julian, the main character, her dad is like a big producer in the music industry, and he is accused of um, sexual assault by one of his clients. And at first, Julian and all of her friends are like, no, he didn't do it, he would never do that, that's my father, he would never do that, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah. And he's just like, no, I didn't do that, I would never do that, blah, blah, blah. Then the more Julian investigates, she realizes that this is not a one-time like incident. Mm -hmm. This has happened many, many, many times. And it's just like, it's, it's really strange because then they end up saying that the first accuser was like, 
lying essentially yeah it's it, not so much lying yeah. well it's not her own story it's a true story but it's not her story which i think is a very weird way to like it's, i think it's very harmful it, i think it is i feel like the idea mm. that we're like i mean i feel like to an extent it's like the characters in the show aren't really like oh boo this is like this is like false allegations like mm. it's like she does it for the right reasons but i feel like it's just like it's such a sensitive issue that i feel like the idea mm. that you're gonna frame it like that is so harmful and yeah. then also the idea that that is what like we're having like arguments over whether or not like he's guilty or like whether or not people should come forward i just feel like they're not handling as gracefully as mm. sex lives did which is a little concerning since the show is also getting a lot a lot of attention because of like name recognition honestly mm -hmm. um i don't know i feel like there are so many other ways they could have gone about this and to an extent they dismiss it at some point mm -hmm. the plot line kind of just fades into the background and it's just like i don't know i feel like if they weren't going to do something serious with it if they wanted to bring this up they should have handled it in like a matter of two episodes mm -hmm. they should have like started it and ended it very swiftly and they should have handed up, handled it a lot better because it's just like i don't know it's putting out a weird vibe honestly <laughs> no yeah and i think um going back to like what or what to provide context is what i mean to say is um so basically what we're seeing is a revamped more woke more dramatic yeah kind of a much more dramatic yeah remake of this gossip girl show and i feel like it's just so there's a part of me that feels as if the show's supposed to be satirical but then yeah i would love to say it's all satire but i don't think it is i don't think it's supposed to be yeah um it's just um isabel was also saying not only is she giving <laughs> us this title but she had mentioned that the show itself because we talk about this all the time um, the show itself is so far removed from reality. I could yes. not agree more. Yes, it is. It's like, it's, it's one of those shows where it's like, I mean, okay, if we're being completely honest, Sex Lives also does not have the best writing ever, but mm -hmm. also sometimes shows have bad writing and a little bit of bad acting and you have to <laughs> swallow it and yeah. deal. But I feel like the writing, it's like, the writing in Gossip Girl, it like feels like satire because it's like, this is not how people talk. It's like, it, absolutely no one talks like this. It's just like it's amusing in that sense, but also it's just like there. It's because you're talking about the the like one percent essentially. It's like mm -hmm. you're not even talking about like everyday rich people. You're talking about the like the yeah like the richest like billionaires in like the Upper East Side of New York City. Like you were talking about very rich people who are just so like like if you think about it too hard, you're like wow, their problems are actually nothing. Like what mm -hmm. are you talking about right now? Like. But it's like, I don't know, because there's that one scene where Obi, one of the other main characters, and Zoya, uh, Julian's sister. There they're are also like, too many main characters. There are too many main characters. This show, everybody in the show is a main character. It's too much. <laughs> um, but Zoya and Obi go to like, their whole thing is just like, oh, this gala that the school is having to raise money for underprivileged kids is bad because why are they just like, whining and dining um while there are people who are poor and they don't have money which honestly is not very true because if you're paying for your ticket and you're paying for your food all that money is going to add up and mm -hmm. do a lot but then they decide to just go to some random store and pick out items to buy which at that point obi hands the guy the clerk he hands the clerk his black card and at that mm -hmm. point i was like why don't you just buy the entire store since you have so much money <laughs> yeah. like i don't know why you're going through and picking out maybe a hundred items mm -hmm. when you could buy so much more it's just like 
the way that they try and incorporate the fact that like they're rich and privileged and they try and make very few characters cognizant of their privilege it just mm -hmm. they don't do it very well and i feel like at that point they should have either like really dealt with it or they should have ignored it altogether because i feel like in the original gossip girl they had dan who for at least the beginning of the show wasn't privileged um at least in comparison to the rest of the characters he wasn't privileged and all the characters who were privileged were kind of just like okay with their privilege like yeah. i mean blair waldorf was my favorite character and it's like i mean she's not blameless obviously but yeah. like at least she was never pretending to be mm -hmm. to honestly care about other people like i feel like if you're gonna make characters who are like selfish and self-centered and things like that you either need to fully commit or you need to make them good people mm -hmm. yeah i think kind of going off of that is the cast is somewhat diverse but yeah. i think it's also like a lot of these kids are like white and privileged yeah. and that's really i mean i feel like that storyline is just tired like i yeah honestly, like even yeah. as one of those kids i'm like i don't want to see that anymore yeah like, i'm getting a little tired honestly mm -hmm. seeing monet as like being black and also rich and also awful person it is so refreshing <laughs> i love seeing one i see love seeing black women who are rich Two, I love seeing when they're awful people. Like, her mother has this um, monologue at the end to their teacher, mm -hmm. um, the one who's behind the whole Gossip Girl account, which I don't like that we know who runs Gossip Girl from the beginning. It stresses me out too much. <laughs> but she has this whole monologue where it's just, like, she's attacking her for being white and privileged, but she is, like, making, like, millions more money than she is. And it's just the irony in that situation is right. so refreshing, honestly. Mm -hmm. But also just, like the diversity like you were saying before it's just like it's diverse but they're not handling it well yeah like, i think like it's diverse to be diverse it's exactly like they have so many like one poc characters and two just like lgbtq plus characters and they are not handling it well at all mm -hmm. um they're romanticizing they are romanticizing it mm -hmm. it's weird it feels like when people say that everyone is coming out because it's cool now that's how yeah. they're making the show feel like there are some characters who i think they handle it well enough like Monet again she is a lesbian but they never actually address it they do you know that she's a lesbian but they don't address it in a way that makes it like center stage in her like vocal um quality or like mm -hmm. personality trait which I think is good but also then they have like Obi where they like they take his coming out and like warp it into like a thing for his dad to use for the media oh, and then Aki. his girlfriend oh yeah Aki. <laughs> sorry <laughs> too many characters too many characters too many names to remember they make Aki's coming out like a thing for his dad to use to the media and then like a thing for his girlfriend to like honestly kind of like manipulate a little it's just yeah. it's really weird honestly i think we had well raquel you'd actually mentioned it like a little bit earlier but it's refreshing to see like these kind of college perspectives mm. or um yeah yeah college perspectives because it puts a lot of like pressure on high school like yeah. these high school shows yeah. and i think like as a high schooler it's super frustrating to watch these shows because number yeah. one all of the actors are like college age like they 21 yeah. and up so it's like they they themselves are not realistic mm -hmm. to that um high school trope and then also like what they're going through just is so unrealistic yeah. and just would never ever 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 happen no never absolutely not yeah lol <laughs> <laughs> and now to join us is Isabel. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Isabel, to catch you up, we were just talking about um. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> How you find bookshelves isn't always a good idea. Okay, what we were just talking about was the Gossip Girl yeah the Gossip Girl yes. reboot and how the show is just so terribly unrealistic. Yes. Okay. I actually I've been watching The OC lately, oh. which is like an early two thousands I want to say like mm -hmm. teen show, which is really when teen shows like got their kick off with like mm -hmm. the CW. That is such a good CW, point. Most yeah. of the CW, and that is really when I think we see like unrealistic teen shows like kick off. Mm -hmm. Um, just because like we like need the drama. Like the OC starts with like this kid like getting arrested, which mm -hmm. obviously does happen, but then he like gets adopted by his attorney. It's what? a lot. It's a yeah. lot. The OC I think I, I think I remember that. Yeah, I tried and, like, watching it. Like Gossip Girl starts with like Serena being Serena like Serena coming back on the train and Gossip oh, Girl being just uh, yeah. just spotted and like like yeah. supposedly like, I think people thought she was in like rehab or yeah. something which yeah. obviously again that can happen it's just not common and like most of the time it's not being like documented by an anonymous blogger yeah that's yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. Point there. and also just like like going to the current Gossip Girl reboot like teachers are normally not making anonymous instagrams <laughs> about their students business um, i hope when there's like anonymous accounts about the kids or like academy kids it's actually miss cox <laughs> no <laughs> well, we actually people get in trouble <laughs> there's actually thing, like why are they acting yeah. like i feel like they're acting like gossip girl is something that cannot be stopped like or get a you people, first of all you people are rich get a couple of good hackers they'll find out who it is if it's really or just like serious, call the police yeah call literally. the police or report it it's like, genuinely like stalking like it yeah. is stalking and it's also just like it's so invasive like to the point of just like we are airing out these like minors yeah. business like first of all why are we talking about the sexual activities of minors on the internet mm -hmm. and it's run by teachers like yeah. one how do you not feel incredibly disgusting to do that and two it's like when zoya will really be going through it when she's like they find out keller is like manipulating her in, like straight all, up she's manipulating her and her father it's weird and also just like they find out that they can no longer live in their apartment and they find out through gossip girl like that is insanity like yeah. that is yeah. actually insane i also think that like when we talk about like these unrealistic shows obviously there needs to be a certain like unrealistic element to make it fun because i don't want I, there was like a viral tweet that's like when are we gonna have a teen show about kids watching anime and doing their homework and it's like no one wants that like genuinely like okay i'm just gonna facetime my friend now. like but i do think that there is like kind of an issue with it in that like it creates this like very unrealistic standard for like mm -hmm. coming of age and teenagehood and like you know like um i think it doesn't i think like kids are definitely doing a lot of the things that are portrayed on tv but i think they're doing it a lot more awkwardly yeah, yeah. that's which thing. to bring it to other tv shows i think sex education on netflix does a very great job of this because it shows like all of the fumbling and all of the like weird conversations you have to have and like because like the whole premise is that like his mom is a sex therapist his mom knows a lot about sex and like obviously these kids do not mm -hmm. and so it's like i think that is like a better portrayal of teenagerhood yeah. that is probably not as negative yeah. to like developing minds. <laughs> that is actually a really good point. I think that as kids were super impressionable and to kind of like see a certain standard, as you mentioned, is very 
detrimental. I mean, this is not television, but I remember for the longest time, I thought high school would be exactly like Harry Potter and the Goblin of Fire. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I really thought that was going to be my high school career. I <laughs> <laughs> thought it was going to develop. But you I thought, like, when everyone finally realized that Hermione was a girl, I really thought that that was, like... That was going to be you. Yeah. Which... That's like a whole like other like sex is like oh my, oh my god. god it's like oh my god she's yeah. pretty yeah that's but so it's like crazy. oh my gosh that's what my high school is gonna be like but um so anyway but yes no it sets it's also unrealistic like, standards I'm thinking about like those reviews from the original Gossip Girl that are like it's poisoning our children's <laughs> minds it's so trashy and it's like honestly yeah yeah, yeah. no that is um an interesting little show and I. The other thing that's really funny about those... Um... It's not little. Each episode is like an hour. Oh my god. <laughs> They're showing us all in the variety center if you wanted to hear that little tidbit. <laughs> but the thing with the Gossip Girl and their bad reviews is they started using that in their publicity. Like they started marketing their like some of their posters after it, which I think is a very interesting and very funny choice. <laughs> but truly those reviews were right. No, it definitely really poisoned right. some girlies' minds. Poisoned the minds. It I my think mind. <laughs> in short, what we can say about these shows is that you need to watch them with a grain of salt. Like yes. precisely. And, and also maybe prefer a comedic group than a dramatic group because yes. I think those yeah. tend to like because yeah. with drama they have to be like sexy uh, yeah. and like cool but with like comedy they can be like teenagers are stupid yeah. mm -hmm. they can be awkward and fumbly and a little more realistic yeah, yeah. but yeah mm -hmm. Don't take these shows too seriously. No. Don't think. Don't take us too seriously. No. Yeah. Um, take our yeah. opinions with a grain of salt. That, that is very true because we also are not fully well. As I say, not fully developed, but that doesn't mean anything about our opinions. I mean, maybe, maybe. our brains. Maybe our brains. <laughs> okay. Um, well. Anyway, thanks for listening to this first episode of Banter by the Bay. Yay! Yay. And we really are by the Bay. Bay out that window? No, it's out that, that window. window yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually, we're the reason actually why. Far from the bay. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why it's so noisy is because we're on the bay. Yes. We're, we're on, on the sidewalk. Yes. We're yeah. on the sidewalk. Yes. Or on a boat. <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway, ta ta. Ta ta. Ta ta. Thank you so much for listening to this Akona podcast. And be sure to subscribe to our accounts on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts so that we can provide you with the best content possible. Stay updated with Akona Online.